Hey guys, welcome back to Block Channel. We're back for episode 89, and we're going to continue the conversation that we've been having about uh, DeFi, the primitives that have been emerging, you know, from the the new class, I would say, of like different applications that have been built on Ethereum. You know, we've got all, so many interesting things going on with account abstraction, all these layer twos, ZK stuff, like it's getting more mature. Uh, you know, it's finally proliferated on many different products uh, and uh, protocols in the Ethereum ecosystem. So I wanted to bring back on someone that I've had on the show a, few, a couple times, actually, over the past few years. And yeah, we're bringing back on Cameron Hajazi on the show. And if you remember in the past, uh, Cameron has been working on the Scent platform for quite a few years, and of which, you know, they were one of the first ones to experiment with Ethereum micropayments um, for like micro content, um, and later introducing NFTs, turning tweets into NFTs. And, you know, one of the more kind of popular things that came out of that was, you know, Jack Dorsey buying his own uh, excuse me, selling his own first tweet uh, through the platform for a couple of million dollars at the time, which was, you know, kind of surreal. Um, so, you know, Cameron's been around for you know quite some time as, you know, the Ethereum ecosystem has matured, you know, the different types of protocols and infrastructures that have like coming in and out of the space. You know, Cameron's kept a tight eye on all that stuff, finding ways to, um, you know, more adeptly build, you know, social platform and, you know, social engagement um, with different types of, you know, value and uh, monetization methods. So, you know, Cameron's been around the block. So, you know, we're going to have a more generalized conversation, not just about Scent today, but just really kind of whatever else is also on Cameron's mind, too, since he's been a veteran here for some time. So now he gets to kind of do whatever it is he wants. Uh, so, Cameron, uh, thanks for, you know, waiting for my really long introduction there. Um, but, yeah, so how are, how are you doing today, Cameron? And then um, we'll uh, before we'll hop into talking about everything else. I'm doing great, Stephen, and thank you for that introduction. That was quite comprehensive and flattering, and I'm excited to just riff on all the things today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the crypto space isn't great at giving credit where it's due, I've definitely noticed. Uh, and, you know, of course, Sit has been there kind of like pioneering so many different interesting, you know, primitives and, and things like that, uh, you know, over the past few years. Maybe you can just just touch uh, on that real quick and kind of give the audience a refresher on some of the things that you've kind of built up until this point into the Scent platform and, and, and what has worked. Great. Yeah, I'm happy to kind of follow on with that introduction that you gave us. So Scent started actually in 2017. So goddamn, six years running. <laughs> uh, we started yeah, as a uh, social network and that came from our experiences. Well, my experience was working in digital advertising at the time and observing how hard it was for people to make money online, uh, creators, publishers, etc. And so the idea of a network where you could post content, engage with other people's content and grow your audience while also making money was very attractive. It was just a question of how do we do that? And so we started a microtransaction based network where all of those interactions had financial counterparts. So instead of giving a like, you would give a penny. And we had this for all different modes of interaction. And what ended up happening is we attracted a community that was really interested in how to make money doing creative things, i.e. using a social network. And then they ended up gravitating to this thing called NFTs. They're the ones who told us about it. Uh, one of our teammates, Matthew, was a community liaison and he started organizing a meetup in crypto voxels and people would do art walks and things like that. And it became really apparent to us that NFTs were the solution to 
some form of this problem of how do we give equity to creators and their audiences online? And so that took us down the NFT rabbit hole. As you said, Stephen, we launched the tweet marketplace and we had some notable tweet transactions through there. That was peak 2021 bull market era. And then as the market started to taper off uh, or crash rather, it became clear that what we're observing with the NFT market media, it's it happened time and time again in other market cycles and in crypto. And while I am kind of excited for the NFT market to pick up one day, we're building a future right now at Scent where NFTs actually don't need to be financialized in order for them to be successful uh, ways of giving ownership to creators uh, and their collectors or their audiences. So nowadays we're looking at NFTs as a tool for bridge building, as a way of giving fans something that they can hold on to more than just uh, a passive like, and also helping creators start to get direct ownership of their relationships, uh, of their ability to reach their audience and hopefully form a more independent uh, future when you think about social networks today and how much we rely on them. So yeah, it's a little overview. Yeah, so basically like kind of definitely, uh, I would say part of the NFT OG crowd as far as like, you know, integrating with those and, you know, helping, you know, popularize like those concepts. And of course, I've noticed too in the industry that, you know, there's a lot of copycats, you know, there's a lot of people that sort of watch sent or, you know, early on and like emerged a lot of their kind of like messaging taglines kind of direction, just the general energy about them, you know, or, you know, more, more, more tuned with kind of different versions of like where scent could have gone in the past, which I, you know, I thought was always like very interesting and very flattering. Um, especially since working with you guys for so many years. So, so that said, like, what what have you seen uh, similar to Scent or maybe um, adjacent to it as far as like kind of like uh, like similar spirit like that you've appreciated as you've seen like Scent grow throughout the years? Like, you know, there's been so many different sort of platforms that were similar with like you know social and you know Twitter wannabe clones and stuff. What, what's 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 the history of a couple things that you've liked? Yeah. Well, one of the original things that we were doing way back was uh, these microtransactions and incentives. And one of the flagship ones was the bounty. I'm sure you'll remember the bounty, Stephen, where you post an amount of ETH. Oh, I had so much fun with those bounties, but you know that. I spent so much money on bounties, but I had so much fun back then. Oh, it's like, But in hindsight, that was a lot of fucking money. I wasted, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was a really novel mechanism. And I think that that was one of the first things that um, uh, I saw spinning off into other projects. I think layer three might've shipped a sort of bounty mechanism where you could reward the best uh, content as a way of, or like contributions, basically sort of crowdsourced contributions. And that was really cool to see um, actually. So in this era that we were a social network, the last mechanism that we launched was called seeding 2.0. That's because there was a seating 1.0 and what 2.0 was, was that you could give money to a particular creator and uh, anytime someone gave money after you, you kind of got a cut of that. And so you can look at it at, in one lens as almost investing in creators. Now, we don't like to use that language because of securities laws and things like that. And, you know, there's also it's not just a pure investment. There's an actual work component that goes into seating as well. But the idea of being able to give to a creator early and see benefit later on, ended up morphing into uh, other projects in the space 
I'm not particularly proud of them, but for instance, DSO and Creator Coins, whatever happened with BitClout, I definitely looked at that as <laughs> a successor model to uh, uh, some of the early concepts that we had going on with seeding. Uh, ultimately, we moved away from uh, the network, but we're actually, we have an update on that, which I'm excited to get into. But we moved away from the network for a period of time to just focus on tokenization of creative assets. And so when we launched the tweet marketplace, that was really one of a kind uh, at the at the time. You know, I don't think that anything else had existed prior to that, that focused on tokenizing social content in the way that we did. And honestly, like we haven't seen someone follow up with uh, a compatible or rather a comparable product. And I think that's largely because these platforms are walled gardens and we just happen to get lucky with Twitter and the fact that they would allow it. I think a lot of other companies were like looking to get, for instance, Instagram content uh, tokenized and, and made collectible and, and TikTok content. And it was interesting because we front ran all of the major social networks or we front ran Twitter in particular when we launched the, the tweet thing. As these other ones were coming up, TikTok had done their own little NFT campaign and it, Instagram started rolling out stuff with NFTs. And so... I think a lot of people got kind of boxed out of the opportunity, but it also happened that the market died uh, for that type of content around that time. And so we haven't really seen someone fill that void yet. I think in the pure Web3 space, we have Lens where every post is an NFT that can be collected that are trying to create the versions that will be collectible uh, uh, across social. But it's really early days and we haven't seen that network or its extensions kind of proliferate outside of Web3 crypto audiences. It'll be curious to see what happens with their growth. I know that they just raised a fresh 15 million. So money in the bank always helps pour gas on the fire, you know? And yeah, but uh, I think that's kind of like the uh, compendium through what we talked about um, with, with the tweets. And then if we're trying a little bit forward looking, you know, we're trying to get back to our network roots. We're trying to start to provide an experience that gives context to owning digital assets uh, wherever they are on the internet. And so what I've been most inspired by lately is Yup. I don't know if you've heard of Yup. I'm sure you have actually, Stephen, but the Yup protocol uh, for curating the internet. And mm. yeah, and, and what I really like about what Yup is doing is they are trying to go everywhere. They're going to Farcaster. They're going to YouTube. They're going to Twitter, I believe. Uh, am I a power user of their product? No, but philosophically, I really agree with the approach that value creation happens anywhere. And so true Web3 opportunity is to layer in, just like we did with the tweets, layer in this value on top of these existing networks, on top of where distribution exists. Uh, and so I'm really bullish on... Uh, that model in general and i like what they're doing you know there's so many there's so much experimentation and i would say like fragmentations of different types of lenses on how people are approaching this web3 stuff some people are approaching it from identity some people are like building like you know uh protocols in the stack for storage compute all that sort of good stuff um and then, of course, you know, we've got people that are like, well, we're going to just take stuff from the legacy media world, i.e. like Twitter, Instagram, like that slowly onboard. Do you think that things are just like so fragmented that like no, nothing can really get enough groups focused attention for it to like really pop off? Like I sometimes I feel like there's just too much experimentation going on and like not a, not enough money in like, you know, 
in in hot MetaMask wallets to like actually like be viable for all this experimentation. And then everything has a different multi-chain bridge something on the other integration with it so it requires all these different users that are as they're onboarding to remember all these different types of like usage and ux flows and it's not just it's just not it's just not cohesive and as the years have gone by it seems that things have just gotten more fragmented and it hasn't actually gotten more coordinated and and i worry if the, the only time these primitives really matter is when there's like so much discretionary income and capital around that people are just like not even necessarily gambling, just basically just giving money away. And like that might like under the guise of that, like crypto isn't actually as popular as it might seem. Yeah, it's really tough. I think for one, starting a new social network or some platform experience that rivals that of the existing platforms like YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, et cetera, is really fucking hard. You have to nail the product right. And it's not just going to be a clone of Twitter. So that, that's my big gripe about Lens as it is today. It looks a lot like Twitter and same with Farcaster to an extent, right? It, it's, a, it's a feed. You can curate the feed. Um, sure, there might be some Web3 component to it, but it's not enough to compel someone to overcome the network effect, rather, of these existing products. And so how do you do that? You have to provide a new experience that's compelling, right? And I look at Discord, and I think that Discord is a great example of Provide a compelling experience and people will flock to your platform. They blew up in the last cycle, right? Rather than looking at these main major social networks and what they've been doing for the last decade, we should be looking at the more innovative front. What's at the bleeding edge and how can we create experiences that bring in uh, web and ownership in an authentic and valuable way uh, without, like you're saying, having to connect to a bridge with your wallet that is in a plugin that requires crypto <laughs> just to experience the web3 value add right um, yes yeah, it's almost getting to the point where the airdrops aren't even worth it <laughs> <laughs> yeah because there's, so, there's so few far in between yeah yeah, yeah. And, and to that point though i think that tokens are a fascinating way to get people to try something out but you better be damn sure that your experience is ready to incorporate that token or not, just that your experience is buttoned up uh, so that when people come to the platform or come to your app experience, that it's not janky, broken, needing to connect to something like MetaMask just to log in in the first place, right? We're trying to bring new people into the space. That's the sign of social success in my mind. It's not so what your TLV is or TVL rather. Uh, it's how many people can you bring into the space and what's their interaction like. That's true a social product, right? As opposed to a pure DeFi product. And and so I think that we need to be thinking about how we can maximize the value early on in the process for these new products that come out. Yeah, I mean, the, the only the only thing I know I've been a little bit pessimistic here, but my my only my only gripe with the greater ecosystem too is just like as newbies come into the space, anything that is adjacent, even if it's like a Web3 login or collectibles, this, that, or the other, everyone comes in under the impression that if they hang around long enough, they're going to get rich. And, that, and not, of course, yeah, that's not scalable. <laughs> and I would, not, I would say, because I've been in this shit like, what, fucking 10 years now? So it's like, OG me 10 years ago was like, yeah, I mean, this crypto stuff to make money, making money, you know? And now, of course, now I'm like I'm a grown up and I and I have money, so I'm like I'm not I'm not one of the people that's like really like you know dying itching to like scratch and survive. 
But if I was a newbie coming in today, I would I'd be I'd be I'd be coming in at the same level of expectations. Well, I've seen all these people make money, so like how to so so it it almost like it almost works against us in a way that like all, like that all these different like really cool speculative products are basically like how good can you gamble on them? And if the, is there enough people that have enough little big wins or like little micro wins over time where they could, where they actually like become a you know promoter of your of your brand and of your product and protocol you know and again in this very saturated market so i just i wonder like we make all these primitives which is great but maybe we've just been primitive for too long that we've basically all become the flintstones <laughs> making nothing that anyone really wants unless they get rich <laughs> that is a nice that is a nice plan words my friend thank um, you thank you yeah yeah, I, I, I think that there's definitely truth in that everyone can't be getting rich, right? And especially in a bear market, it's uh, everyone's getting poor. <laughs> you know? uh, or at least the majority are uh, as the charts go down. And, and I think that, so our approach for this has been, and I guess this actually kind of leads into what's new and what's next for us, right? Uh, earlier this year, we rolled out this new tool called the collect button. And what the collect button is, is a way to add collecting functionality to any website. So if you operate a website, whether it's a blog, e-commerce, some other interactive experience, you can add collectability into your site using your existing assets. And so there's a couple points I wanna make on this. The first is that at Scent, we believe that you don't need to create for NFTs, that if you're putting stuff out there, you've already created, and it's just something that you can apply to your existing work, right? The second thing is the, you know, there's this fundamental tension around why should I collect something? Like, what does it mean? Right. And, and why, why should I bother? Right. And should I pay for it? Like what, what, what's the value proposition? Right. And, and for us, what we see as, as a core value proposition is just to be seen for the things that we already do. So with the collect and what we're approaching as opportunities are things like purchases, right? If you buy a physical good, like let's say a handbag, being able to get a digital twin of that, that is almost like a sticker, right? That you can show off as a badge. Uh, that we think is cool. And also you don't need to pay for it, right? You already purchased the bag. You just get the NFT component. And what that unlocks is native sharing, right? So think about how many times you've completed a checkout flow and it's like, now like and tweet this or something. Tweet tweet this on Facebook or tweet this on Instagram or oh, god damn it, tweet this on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'm like so I'm low-key like so tired of like twist, share, this, that, or the other. At this point, it feels like it also just makes your impressions and your engagement go down because people just like are like, oh look, shared content that's like default from some website. And it's basically now this person looks like a bot. So it's like almost your appearance of like not looking like a bot or some AI generated content and actually appearing original is like even ever more important. So, but at the same time, like I actually think that we could lean into that as a core experience, right? So right now, social media, internet culture, it's very much like, what is your authentic message? How can you communicate that? And if you don't have great content, then you'll never be seen. Right. Or even if you have great content, it's still a long road to being seen. It's a long road to building an audience. And so what if we set aside the content game and just make it about what we do? Right. So if you attend an event, that's something that you do. Right. Poaps. If you make a purchase, NFT receipts. Right. 
if we're able to start to put these things that we do selectively on chain, AKA making them selectively public, I actually think that that's the future experience that we haven't really wrapped our heads around, right? What does it mean for all of these ticket holders to now be in a group together where they can chat about shit or discover new shit or discover what the other people were into who attended that event? Um, that's something that Web3 does that I feel like is totally lost in the NFT ecosystem today. When you think about everyone talking about Starbucks Odyssey and creating this end-to-end -end experience that's all contained within a brand's walls, we need to get out of that mindset of a brand owning everything, right? Your brand or your product or whatever it is that you do, that's just your breadcrumb trail that you're putting into this larger ecosystem. And it's about the connections between what it is that you're into and what it is that others are into and meeting people and interacting with them that'll create value in ways that you can't do it on Facebook because it's kind of a walled garden. Um, and, and, and so all this is to say that I think that we still haven't made the leap to the new mental model for NFTs. That's what we're really excited to do at Scent. And also I think that the core theme of it is that people aren't necessarily going to be buying NFTs. They're just going to be collecting things for free as part of an existing process where they might've paid, uh, you know, scarcity in through purchases or scarcity through time attending an event, something like that. So we're in the evolution phase right now. Hmm. What is in beyond, uh, you know, the current like evolution of scent, um, you know, what, uh, what else, you know, primitive wise in, in the market do you think can help like bolster like platforms and protocols and you know, initiatives kind of similar to what you're working on? Like ultimately, yeah. you know, bringing creators and these new user, these use, new types of user interactions are like really important. But of course we know the, you know, having liquidity and capital in, in types of, you know, these spaces to, you know, help bolster these, these markets and stuff are, are increasingly more important. Like we, we can't have this decentralized finance world of collectibles and etc by extension unless like we have liquidity so what are your what are your thoughts on um just like capital capital and crypto markets and like the means of like getting liquidity across like these chains and bridges and stuff like that like do you think that there is ultimately going to be like a series of best practices you know for obtaining that in an optimal way or it still seems like there's still a lot of like indecision in the air on the best ways to approach that. And I, I myself like haven't seen anyone kind of clearly try to approach that besides maybe connects, but you know, that's, that's uh, maybe that's just my own perceived bias. Yeah. So in the ecosystem or the ask the corner of the ecosystem where we operate, which is social, yeah. the ultimate source of liquidity is attention. Right. And it's not, um, you know, uh, sort of other sort of traditional financialized angles. Mm -mm. It's been the case for generations of social products. Now, if you can get attention and meaningful attention, then that is the ultimate value add that anyone like a brand, a company, an individual would buy into to get exposure to that attention. So it's a new form of advertising, but in the web three landscape, you know, you might have a lot of attention on a network. And the people that are paying for that attention to reach aren't paying a platform necessarily. They're paying the people whose attention that they're reaching. And that's the big opportunity for a shift uh, in this next era is that 
people can get paid for the things that they already own, the things that they already identify with, right? So stupid example, but if you own a board ape and someone wants to reach all of the board apes, they can do a campaign where they send a message or a DM to all of the board ape holders on this network. And the board ape holders actually get paid that money for opening the message, interacting with it. Uh, and so that's where the, the financial layer, the financial opportunity really happens is around the tension. I think the hard part is getting that critical mass of people, right? Starting that network. This is sort of that impossible task that often requires a lot of uh, skill, but even more luck to get right. To acquire that critical mass network that has people already on it engaged, that makes a case for why someone would want to get the attention of these people. So ultimately, you think that given the right construction of these primitives architecturally, that it's going to come down to everyone's sort of unique creative output and less so just everyone's want and need to, to get rich. Because, like, you know, if tension, is, if tension is the end game, then ultimately talent is the thing that's going to be like the key, like, you know, uh, differentiator between these different uh, creators on these platforms. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's not just... Uh, creator centric, right? I think what NFTs and ownership convey to collectors needs to be really represented here. Uh, these are people who are participants now. You could argue even in some cases they're co-creating, right? With, uh, in the form of DAOs, uh, co-creating these uh, new productions because they own existing ones. And so I think that you need not only like passionate creators, this is about going beyond the era of just who has the nicest sales pitch or who has the best content. It's actually going to be about who has the coolest products, who's doing the coolest stuff. Uh, who do you want to be associated with that isn't just the loudest voice on social media? And I think the fact that there's these real outputs that are happening uh, from things like DAOs give an opportunity for us to rethink who, what, and how we pedestal and discover new people and groups of people on the social web. And, and I know that's all very heady, but. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 and then it, it, makes, it makes me ask myself like, you know, of course we're gonna have people that are gonna have long-term sustainable fandom and you know they're going to be interesting creators but then you know you're going to have the equivalent of like you know that guy on a skateboard on tiktok drinking cranberry you know uh cranberry juice like the nice yeah. music like this like you need the equivalent of like flash to house right you need like we need to be able to have a way to allow people to have temporary bouts of like fandom but you know they they have a means by which to be forgotten afterwards because some people are only famous for a little while and have only a minimal like viable window to extract any sort of viable attention or value from that so i always wonder about that too like not everyone is meant to be a long-term influencer some people are only meant to be dope for like a week or two <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. And also, I think that, you know, scalability and how we look at it is different. I don't think you're going to see people or artifacts that have millions of collects like you see things with millions of likes, right? We've seen 10,000 as this new number that is a magnet for the space right now. I could very well see it being some order of that as the limit to how much engagement we see around any given artifact, right? The internet is a very diverse place, but social feeds today, they optimize for pop. Uh, what happens when we look at what exists beyond pop? 
what exists beyond just the things that, you know, the 1% of content creators that get the 99% of exposure uh, put out there. And, and I think that those new models will be emergent in this world where uh, the data is on chain. And so for us, we're like, let's figure out two things in parallel, how to get the data on chain. And also let's start creating this new experience so that when the data is on chain, uh, we can start to coordinate people, have them discover new opportunities, new interests based on that data. I like it. I like it. it sounds, sounds, sounds like you yeah, definitely have been putting some thought and horsepower around kind of the next direct, direction in the community. But let's hope that folks give credit where it's due <laughs> this, this, this time around. It feels like, yeah, like, you know, you guys, you know, have, have been, been around for quite some time, uh, you know, some along with some other companies that are in like the momentum slash Mackie related ex- advisory portfolio. Um, but yeah, so like, you I know, I'm excited. That. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what, what sort of newbies have been like, we'll be like putting out there. Like, you know, I've, I've gone to conferences and things like that in the past like couple of years, but I continue to be very, I got, and I don't, I don't, maybe this doesn't sound techno elitist to me, but I definitely have been very, very underwhelmed by the types of experimentation and the types of things that people are doing these days. And I get, and I think it's mostly because the excitement around just flash gambling has kind of, because people know if they continue to lean on that, we're not, you know, people are going to continue to like uh, bring negative sentiment to the industry. So, um, yep. Yeah. So like to the vault. And so, but we can't just, we can't lose the word crypto though. We put too much proof of work behind that socially. So we got to figure out a way to, <laughs> to get, to get our, to get, to kind of clean up that word. Um, so, cause I swear sometimes people make it seem like a slur, like, Oh, you're building something on crypto. Mm. Okay, <laughs> and you know, you're just Absolutely. like, damn. You're like, damn. All right, that was like, <laughs> but like that contempt, that contempt only comes from one special type of flavor of contempt, which is like, like the loss of money. Like someone loses money that they didn't want to lose, mm, they like hate that shit forever. You know, it's like it's like going gambling, I guess, and like getting mad at one particular slot machine. You're like, I'm never touching that one. It's bad luck. <laughs> like, I'm not going anywhere yeah. around crypto. We're not with a ten foot pole. So you know. Uh, the art, artwork for a little there are, bit. <laughs> there are, uh, you know, notable exceptions that have managed to stay relatively scotch-free from criticism. And I think Signal is one of those examples heavily baked in cryptography, right? And even went so far as to introduce cryptocurrency, I think mobile coin was the coin, into its app. And, you know, they're, they're still alive. They're still churning today, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud that at least we have a couple examples like that where it's like, like oh, okay, shit. I, it is possible to thread this needle. Um, I forgot mobile coin existed for like, <laughs> yo, that, that still exists. Is that, didn't that integrate in the signal or something? What happened with that? Where is that? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's part of the signal integration. I think it's not available for us because we're in the U.S. and you know how the U.S. regs are with this stuff. Um, but it's very much a thing yeah i met i met one of the mobile coin devs like a long time ago at some crypto related function or the other like i got bad vibes from so i don't i don't (laughs) i don't don't think uh my my uh, my intuitive radar is perfect (laughs) so i'm gonna go ahead and just assume that this guy uh uh Probably not going to hear much more about that. I don't know how we got on the topic of mobile coin, but yeah, fuck that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so I mean, is there anything you want to 
kind of uh, plug here in the end? Like, you want to tell people to go check out scent scent pages? What do you what, what do you want What do you want to leave people actionable wise? Well, I just want to say two things. One, we started with the network. We've gone through this long journey of building tools that don't require a network, and now we're finally getting ready to relaunch a network. So I'm very excited about that. We don't have dates or timelines on that, but I just want to telegraph that that is something that we are intent on delivering on and to stay tuned. And then the second thing is that if you want to start building an audience using collectibles without the financialization component yet, but just getting your toe dipped, we have two products. One that is a profile builder called Scent Pages that lets you issue NFTs directly from what looks like a link in bio style page. And the second is the collect button SDK, which goes on any website and turns any file, whether it's a picture, a video, or an audio file into a collectible that can be instantly collected by anyone who visits your site. And so those are the two things I wanted to call out. Uh, we're sent on Twitter, obviously. And if you ever have any questions or want to chat more about this stuff, definitely DM us. Ooh, all right. Thanks a lot, Cameron. And yeah, thanks for, I think you're one of the, I think you must have been on here at least at least three or four times now. So you're one of the you're one of the uh, block channel OGs or as the cool kid. You're definitely on the leaderboard. Yeah. So as I heard someone say, like that's, we've been doing this since like 2016, but someone said, hey, man, it was really great having me on the channel. And, you know, I always say show or podcast, but I like when people say that. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the channel. So, yeah. Thanks for coming on the channel. <laughs> thanks for having me on the channel, man. It's been really of course, man. Ooh.